good to see you this morning. My name is Josh and uh, one of the pastors here. Welcome again to all of you who are online. Glad you can be with us today. Uh, as Robin mentioned, uh, we're talking about generosity and uh, yeah, just a plug. I just, I'm so encouraged uh, by the ways that you guys are generous and uh, it's, it's super encouraging. And, and those ornaments, there's more on the trees. Uh, one tree was pretty much totally wiped out again after second service. So if you're wanting to participate in that opportunity, you might wanna get out there quickly if you haven't been able to yet, but they're on those trees as you leave this morning. Uh, <clears throat> you know, speaking of generosity, there were three sons who had left home, and uh, meaning they'd, they'd grown up, moved out, and they'd done pretty well for themselves. They'd become uh, fairly wealthy, and uh, they were gathering one time, and they decided, you know, we really want to bless our mom, who was elderly now at the time, at Christmas. And so they started thinking, like, what could we do, you know, to help, help out our mom? What could, we, what could we give her? And so the first, first guy said, he said, well, uh, I built a big house for mom. She's gonna love it. Okay, and the second, second son said, oh yeah, well, uh, I'm, I'm buying her a Mercedes and I'm giving her a driver to go with it because she's old, she can't really be driving by herself, so take that. And the third son said, oh, you guys, I've got you both beat, as he smiled. He said, you remember how mom enjoyed reading the Bible? Well, now, I mean, she's older, she can't really see, and so here's what I did. Some elders at my church, they've been training this parrot for 12 years, and so I bought her this parrot who all you have to do is say to it uh, a chapter and verse out of the Bible, and then the parrot will recite it. That's gonna be, she's gonna love it. Well, we'll get through the holidays, and uh, the boys start getting some letters back from their mom. The first one said this, Milton, she wrote, the house you built is so huge. I, I live only in one room, but I gotta clean the whole thing. <laughs> The second son got this letter. Gerald, she wrote, I'm too old to travel. I stay most of the time at home, so I rarely use the Mercedes. And, and that driver you sent along, he is so rude. <laughs> and then the third son, check this out, she calls him Dearest Donald. And she said, you have the good sense to know what your mother likes. The chicken was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, that, that lady, she kind of she squandered her son's generosity there, didn't she? But you know, uh, sometimes we can do that with God's, but the good news is God's generosity never runs out. And uh, we're gonna see that this morning, an attribute of his generosity toward us. Uh, but before we do, let me pray. And then we're gonna be studying the nature of God as a generous God today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Jesus. Uh, thank you uh, for your love for us in, in giving him to us. And uh, Jesus, thank you for uh, paying the penalty for my sin on the cross and giving me your goodness and righteousness. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd speak to and through me as I speak. My, my words be your own and uh, be truthful to who you are. Uh, Lord, show us your generosity that we too might in turn be generous and image you in that way. Father, thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Pray all this through him. Amen. <clears throat> well, uh, first off, I want you to see that our God, his very nature is to be generous. It's his very nature. Well, when we're talking about uh, God's nature, I want to explore that a little bit this morning before we jump in. When we talk about his nature, what we're doing is we're engaging in some theology. 
specifically what you would call theology proper. His ontology is kind of the big word of, of who he is, like uh, who he genuinely and truly is. And uh, you, you might uh, refer to it as his character or his attributes. And, and uh, one thing to know right off the top is that when we talk about God's character, when we talk about his attributes, this is who God is all the time. He is always who he is. He is always true to his character and to himself. He cannot be otherwise. And so when we think of his attributes, we think of his love, his goodness, his, his knowledge, all those things we're gonna talk about a little bit this morning. When we talk about all of these things about the character of God, we can't really say everything the Bible says just all at once in one sentence, can we? We have to kind of divide it up and think about it. So how do we divide up these attributes of who God is? Well, there's a number of ways we could do it, but probably the most common way to go about it is to think about his attributes in two categories. You ready for some big words? I know you didn't expect you have to think like theologian here this morning, but here you are. Uh, incommunicable attributes would be the first. Incommunicable. This means th these are simply the attributes of God uh, that God does not share or communicate to others. Uh, there's, there's certain attributes of God that are incommunicable. We'll start with those. So uh, let me give you uh, maybe a few examples. Uh, first off, uh, God's independence. His independence is an incommunicable attribute. By this we mean that God doesn't need us. He doesn't need me, he doesn't need you, or anything else in creation. Yet he allows us to glorify him and to bring glory to him. But ultimately, he is totally independent. He has no need for us in his existence. Not only this, but he is unchangeable. His unchangeableness, or if uh, you want to use a, a bigger word and sound smarter, his immutability. His immutability. He, he cannot be changed. He is unchanging. Now, God doesn't change, but guess who does? We do. We do. How about his eternality? God has existed for all eternity. He has no beginning, but we do. He has no end. Can you even get your mind around that? In part because it's an incommunicable attribute of, of who God is. It's, it's hard to even fathom. And if these things weren't true of God, he wouldn't be much of a God to worship, would he? Uh, I'll give you a fourth one of an incommunicable one. How about his omnipresence? Uh, God is everywhere present at all times, but we're only ever present in one place at a time. So do you see there's incommunicable, but then also on the flip side, other attributes of God would be his communicable attributes. These are the attributes that God does share or communicate to others. He does share these with us and communicate them to us, allow us uh, to take part in these. So uh, examples of communicable attributes, how about his love? God is love. And we're able to love as well, just like he's able to love and is love. Uh, how about God's knowledge? Is it a, commu is a communicable attribute of his? God is infinitely uh, knowledgeable of all things. Uh, and, and we're also able to know things and even to grow in our knowledge. Uh, God is merciful. He's merciful. He gives us what we don't deserve. Well, guess what? We get to be merciful. We're called to be merciful, just like he's merciful. Uh, another attribute of God, I'll uh, give you one more, his justice. 
would be a communicable attribute. God is perfectly just. And he allows us and calls us to be just in the same way, to walk justly, the prophet Micah tells us. You know, these are good classifications, I think, because generally speaking, most people can kind of look at an attribute of God and go, okay, that's incommunicable. I really don't have that one, but you know what? I can, I have this one, I can image this one. And so they're helpful for us in kind of ordering those and thinking of God in, in a right way. But do you know, even though they're helpful, they're not perfect categories. Because uh, some of these communicable attributes, yeah, God shares them with me and, and with us and we get to live them out and to express the same things, but not in the same way God does, not completely. Because God's love is perfect and limitless. Like, like his love, when he loves somebody, it's, it's genuine love. Sometimes when I love somebody, is you like this sometimes? I love them because I have to love them. You ever feel that way sometimes? Not God, it flows from his heart, it's who he is. We can't love in the same perfect way that he loves, but, but we can love. Another communicable one, knowledge. Uh, we can grow in knowledge and, and learn more things than we ought to about who God is and just life in general, but God's knowledge is infinite. I can't match that, even with the internet. How about his mercy? God's merciful, and I can be merciful, but I, my patience runs out sometimes with my mercy. Or even justice, God's justice is perfect. Every time he gets it right. I don't get it right every time, even when I'm trying to be just. And so uh, Wayne Grudem, a theologian, he writes this, I think it's helpful. He says, it might be better to say that these attributes that we call communicable, that God shares with us, we really ought to say they're just more shared with us. More shared. And his incommunicable ones are ones that are, uh, we might think of as being less shared because, you know, even his incommunicable ones, we can, to a degree, reflect those. I mean, uh, think about God's independence. We can demonstrate some independence at times, sometimes maybe in unhealthy ways, but there's a certain uh, respect to which we're independent. Uh, unchangeableness. Now, God, God is unchangeable. We change, but there are kind of parts of us that, generally speaking, don't change over time. Our personalities are pretty static for the most part over the long haul. Uh, his eternality, I mean, we have a beginning, God doesn't, but uh, we'll exist forever into eternity future. And so we, we're kind of like him in that way. Uh, his omnipresence, you're like, okay, Josh, you're, you're stretching it on this one. But think about it, even uh, God's omnipresence, we get to image a little bit because while we can't be present in different places at once, our presence can be felt and known in different places at once. I mean, through email, through a text message, through a phone call. Who knew that COVID would allow you and I to image God's omnipresence more fully? Now, these attributes are incommunicable, though they're, they're definitely less shared than the other ones. Would you agree? And so either way, it's just a helpful categorization of God's attributes. And this morning, I wanna talk specifically about the attribute of God's, and an attribute that I don't, I don't hear taught on a lot, his generosity. That it's God's very nature to be generous. It's one of his attributes, it's who he is. You might say that he is abounding 
in all of who he is, that he's liberal in all of who he is. He's bountiful in all of who he is. So let's define this a little bit when we say that God is generous. Uh, Here's what I would say. God is willing and ever ready to give of himself and his blessings liberally and bountifully even more than is strictly necessary or expected. He's willing to give. He's, he's always ready to give of himself, of his blessings, liberally and bountifully and aboundingly, more than is even necessary or expected, he gives. You know, you see this right away in the beginning of scripture. Uh, in Genesis chapter two, maybe you turn there with me. I've got my Bible open to it and uh, have it on the screen. But uh, God creates Adam and Eve. He, he puts them in the garden And uh, he, he places them there. And then we read in chapter two, verse 16, we read this. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, you may uh, eat of every tree in the garden freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Lord commanded him saying, from any tree in the garden, you may eat freely. Now, but when we read this, where does your mind usually go? A lot of times, I don't know about you, even when I think about the story in the garden, my first thought isn't verse 16, it's verse 17, where God says, uh, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat from it. Don't. Don't do this. And, and think primarily of that restriction. But I want to challenge you to think a little bit with me about verse 16, where we read that we're to eat, we can eat from, from any tree of the garden and we may eat freely. Now, God says this to Adam. He says it ultimately to, to all of us. Back in, in chapter two, verse nine, seven verses prior, uh, we learned that God made every tree grow that's pleasant to the sight and good for food. That he made them good for food, he made them pleasant to look at, shade to enjoy, And so we hear that, and uh, that means that every tree that God had made, he gave to him to eat freely, except for one in the garden. Now keep in mind, the Garden of Eden was not like a postage stamp garden in your backyard. It's, It's a huge garden. If you look at it, it gives us the boundaries with the rivers. Think more on the scale of a national park. Think like Yellowstone or something like that. And, and all of these trees are all there given to Adam and Eve to eat freely from. He gives it all to them, except for one. And yet, what does the enemy cause us to do? To focus not on God's generosity, but on that one restriction, which, by the way, is an act of generosity because the moment they eat from it, what happens? Everything kind of caves in and, and sin enters the world and everything gets messed up. God is, is first and foremost generous. The Hebrew phrase here could be rendered literally from all the trees of the garden to eat, you may eat. Eat from all of them. God's generous with the opportunity and freedom he gives us to eat freely from every single tree except for one. And so right away we're seeing God's generous nature in that they can eat freely. But not only this, Think about the generous creativity of God in it. He didn't give them just one tree with one kind of fruit. 
Be like, oh, it's apples for you. That's what you get. No, he, he made, made all kinds of, all kinds of fruit with all kinds of creativity, with great variety, with great quantity. Think about it. Uh, I got a little list here. He made apple trees and orange trees, cherry trees, lemon trees, pineapple trees, almond trees, plum trees, peach trees, coconut trees, pear trees, olive trees, pecan trees, walnut trees, maple trees. You could put syrup on your pancakes. Did I leave out your favorite tree? God made it for you and I to enjoy, and he, he made it bountifully. He made it of all this variety. And then, then on top of it, think again of his generosity. He didn't just say, you can eat from all of them, but only what you need. Only a couple slices of that orange today, son, right? Not, not more than one tree. Not, he didn't limit it. He didn't give us just what we need. He said, eat freely from all of it. Enjoy it. See, friend, God is generous in his very nature. But you know, Satan wants us to believe that God is not generous. He wants us to believe that he's stingy. He wants us to focus in primarily on, on verse 17, which is important. Uh, and, and sadly, uh, many uh, think of God as stingy, giving us only what we really need, no more. Uh, many Christians have, have been even brought up in homes or in churches like this, maybe you have, where God isn't seen to be generous. He's not seen to be principally generous as the one who gives life and freedom, but as the God who is uh, principally the rule maker. And so the way that he deals with us primarily is not to say, uh, go eat freely, enjoy what I've given you, but to say, I made you, now don't do that. <laughs> but again, I would commend that even his don'ts are, are part of his generosity because he loves us and he wants what's best for us. When, when the stove is on and I tell my son, watch out for the stove, that pan is hot, the burner's on. Am I trying to restrict his joy and freedom? No, I'm trying to prolong it. Because if he touches it, he's gonna get burnt and I'm also trying to prolong my pocketbook if I'm honest and selfish because I don't wanna go to the emergency room. See, when, when God says don't, he's saying don't hurt yourself. That's what he's saying. He's not trying to put his thumb on you and hold something good back from you. It's because he wants what's best for you and he gives it generously. He is willing and ever ready to give of himself and of his blessings liberally and bountifully, even more than is strictly necessary or expected. You know, we teach a lot about God's sovereignty, his holiness, his infinite power, his omniscience, his wisdom, his love, and, and we ought to, because all those things are true of who God is. But uh, do you struggle sometimes remembering that he's generous? Maybe, maybe you do. That he's lavish, overflowing, and bountiful. He's a magnanimous God who loves to give good gifts to his kids. Do you know, think about it. He even blesses the people who hate him with good gifts. He does with life itself. So how much more will he bless those of us who are bought with his son's blood? When we look at creation, we get a glimpse of his overflowing nature. We saw it already just thinking about the garden. But how about this? If you look at the earth, there's more than 750 species of butterflies 11,000 species of moths that have been recorded, and there's more there to be discovered. Uh, 
somewhere around 22,000 species of fish. How many have you caught? Over 150 types of roses. I would have guessed maybe, you know, two or three in just different colors. No. God, God is incredibly generous and creative in all that he does. In all that he does. And, and the most generous gift he gives is Jesus. So here's just a few reminders for us to explore God's generosity. Uh, first off, we see that God richly provides us everything to enjoy. Now, Paul writes uh, to Timothy, he says, instruct those who are rich in this present age. Uh, by the way, those who are rich, you might be thinking, I'm not rich. But the very fact that we live in North America and the time and place we do, some of us are definitely richer than others and poorer than others, but generally speaking, we've all been blessed and with regard to history and the world, uh, most of us uh, fall into this category of, of the rich. Uh, we're not to be conceited, put their hope in the uncertainty of wealth, but in God. And then, it describes, then he describes God to Timothy, who richly provides all things for us. Now we could stop there and it'd be true, wouldn't it? That, that everything we have, all of our wealth, all of the goodness we enjoy, it, it all comes from God and he gives it to us to steward and care for. But, but check out the rest of the description. He gives it to us, why? To enjoy. He could just give us enough for enough. But he actually gives us enough in so many ways to enjoy. He's a generous God. He's lavish in his blessing. Of all things. How about this? Uh, you know, your father loves to give good gifts to those who ask your heavenly father. Uh, ask, Jesus says, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it'll be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks, it'll be opened. Uh, he goes on, he says, which one of you, if his son asks for bread, would give him a stone? You know, uh, your kids come in and Ask for lunch, do you give them a bowl of rocks? Probably not. I hope not. Uh, or if he asked for a fish, would give him a serpent. Jesus says, then if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who's in heaven give good things to those who ask him? He gives good things to those who ask. He does. He loves to give good things. Ask. Uh, how about uh, this one? Uh, our father, he bestows favor, honor, and every good thing. Uh, Psalm 84, the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. There is no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. He's a bright, shining, hope-giving God and protector and shield. And he bestows his favor and honor on, on us. And he loves to fill our lives with good things. He's a good and generous God. You know, he especially loves to, to fill us with good spiritual things. Have you noticed sometimes uh, life can be a little hard? <laughs> and uh, the things that come our way, we look at them and we go, really good things? Uh, this, seems, this seems pretty difficult and pretty painful to me. And the reality is life is hard. Uh, oftentimes the majority of it for so many of us. But 
Don't let that confuse you that God is somehow withholding good from you. He still gives you good things spiritually. And as you trust him, uh, Paul tells us that, that the, the glory we have waiting for us will make everything in this life pale in comparison to it. Even uh, the best of days are gonna just seem like, like nothing compared to what God has in store for his kids. And so he is good and he does bless us and he doesn't withhold good things from us, but he gives them generously. He gives us every good gift, uh, including his own son. He gave him up for us all. How will he not also generously give us all things? Not only this, but every good and every perfect gift comes from where? From the father of lights, from above. The one with whom there's, there's no variation or shadow due to change. So, so his generosity uh, doesn't change. It doesn't vary. It's, it's, it's an attribute of who he is. It's who he always is, all the time, completely. Isn't that good news? You have a good God who's generous. And he has, I mentioned it already, uh, looking to the future, he has, friend, if you've trusted Jesus Christ, he has abundant goodness stored up for you. I mean, you ever think of the things you save and store up? Maybe you save for a rainy day or uh, you keep all the marshmallows out of your Lucky Charms to eat last because they're the best. God has all of his goodness like stored up in piles for you. For you, because he loves you. How abundant is your goodness, which you've stored up for those who fear you and worked for those who take refuge in you in the sight of the children of mankind. And, and friend, uh, our God is generous. He's liberal. He's lavishly bountiful. We see it in creation and we really see it this season of the year at Christmas. Because all of this is, God is perfectly generous in Jesus Christ. Perfectly. You know the verse God so loved the world that what? That he gave, that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him, whoever means whoever, no matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you, no matter, no matter, no matter, whoever believes would not perish but have eternal life. See, God is generous. I mentioned he gives us good spiritual things. Well, he gives us every good spiritual blessing in Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul writes, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. It, it's, it's wonderful beyond anything we could ever express that God has saved us, that he's forgiven us, that he's adopted us as his kids, made us part of his family, and he's given us every spiritual blessing. He's not withholding anything from you, friend. He's not. He loves you. Uh, in fact, he, he makes us spiritually rich through Jesus. Second Corinthians, we read that we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sake became poor so that by his poverty, you might become rich. Spiritually and for eternity. Uh, God has lavished his grace then upon us. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. See, see, God's rich in grace. I think that's maybe easy for us to believe. But is it as easy sometimes to believe that he lavishes it on you? I think it might be more easy to believe in, instead of uh, 
We might think of God more like us instead of us like him to the sense that, well, I, you know, I'll give some grace up to a point, but then uh, I think my grace has run out. That's not God. He lavishes, he lavished his grace on us generously, abundantly. Now, his generous grace doesn't mean that we can just go do whatever we want and continue in sin. Paul tells the Romans in chapter six, uh, because of God's great grace, should we just keep on sinning then so that his grace would abound more and more? So no, don't do that. Uh, enjoy his grace and, and his kindness to you so that you might live out who you truly are in Christ. See, uh, friends, God's very nature is to be generous. And he calls us to be generous as well. But it's to be generous and to give good gifts. To give good gifts. That's who God is. It's his nature. It's an attribute of who he is. And, and I mentioned it already, but he even gives good gifts to his enemies, to people who hate him. I mean, uh, think about it. If you have breath, if you have life, you've been given a gift. Even if you don't buy this whole Jesus thing, you're like, I'm not sure. Well, that doesn't change the fact that God's been generous and gracious to you. Uh, Jesus calls us then to be sons of our father, to live out his generosity. Be sons of your father who's in heaven for he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Jesus is calling us to be, be like him in that way, which means that then I too am called to be generous, not only to those I love, not only to the deserving, but even to the wicked, even to the unrighteous, to whoever God would lead me to be kind and generous to, generous with my time, with my talent, my charge, generous with my forgiveness. Now, that's not to say that those things are easy to do, friend. They're, they're incredibly, incredibly hard. And it's also not to say that when I'm generous in forgiving that I just simply forget and go, okay, it's forgiven. Everything's honky-dory back to normal. It doesn't, doesn't mean that. There's still things to work through, still things to deal with. And, but at a heart level, you can still forgive, even if it's from a distance, and, and be a son of your father who's in heaven and be like Jesus in that way. He calls us to be generous, even to our enemies, like he is. Because every good thing, every perfect gift, it's from him. But think, if he's good to his enemies, how much better is he to his own kids? God is very generous to his friends. You know, uh, we read already, uh, Paul writing to Timothy, that he gives us every good thing to enjoy because he loves us. We've seen his generosity even to Adam and Eve in the garden. And he gives us those things to enjoy. But do you know what he gives us even more? Because I don't know about you, but even the good things I get from God, they might bring a little joy for a while. I mean, I like getting stuff. I like opening presents at Christmas. I like good stuff too, like anybody. But that joy only lasts for a little while, doesn't it? God wants our joy to be full. So he not only gives us good things, he gives us himself. He gives you himself. Uh, Jesus said this in John 16, in that day, you'll ask nothing of me. Whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you'll receive so that your joy may be full. And he loves to satisfy us with his goodness. 
You might jot down Psalm 65, verse four. Blessed is the one you choose, Lord, and bring near to dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house and the holiness of your temple. I mean, who doesn't want to be satisfied in life? God gives joy and satisfaction to the full. And uh, he enriches us in every way so that we too might be generous, that we might live it out. And so uh, my challenge to you, friend, is if you haven't trusted Jesus, to trust him, make your joy complete. But then also if you have to, to image him and to be generous yourself. And there's really no other time of the year that's as easy to do that and to be generous, to be generous towards people. And so as we mentioned, there's the giving trees out front. You could grab an ornament and, and get a gift and bring it back wrapped for somebody to give. Uh, you can be generous with your, your time with people this week, with your talent, with what you're good at. God is certainly good to us with his own abilities. And then I also just wanna plant the seed again like I did last Sunday and remind you that coming in the new year, uh, we're gonna be embarking on a short generosity initiative as it relates to uh, some capital improvements with our parking lot that we're moving forward with and, and some other ministry endeavors. And, and just want you to be thinking even now, how might God call you to be generous like he is? With that, let me pray. Uh, we're gonna call it a morning and uh, we'll head out for the week. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your grace that you've lavished on us, your goodness that uh, is truly uh, without end and that we don't deserve without merit. Father, I, I, uh, I pray for each of us. I pray for my friends, for myself, that we would see your generosity, that we'd see it uh, tangibly in our lives this week, even today, and that in seeing it, we'd be thankful, we'd uh, glorify you, praise you for that, thank you for it. But then also you would uh, stir within us uh, a desire to be generous ourselves, just as you've been generous to us. And Father, I pray for my friends who've never uh, trusted you. They've never really received your generosity, but they've, they've, they've enjoyed some of it, but have never uh, really fully accepted the, the true gift of generosity you give, which is yourself. Friend, if that's you, uh, you need to know you, you need the Lord Jesus. He loves you. He's been good to you up to this point in life. And uh, he longs for you to come to him. In fact, you might even think of this as his own voice speaking to you now, <coughs> calling you to turn from yourself and from your sin and turn to him. And you too could experience this generous gift of Christ. And uh, if you would, it's really simple. Uh, you can just simply say, Jesus, I need you. I'm a sinner, please save me, I believe. Simple act of faith and he promises to take you, adopt you into his family.